Our guest today is Fred Curley, reigning champion in the 100 meters, and as we speak, the fastest man in the world. Fred took the world of athletics by storm, first in the 400 meter races, and most recently in the 100 meter, being one of the three men to go sub 10 seconds in 100 meters, sub 20 seconds in 200 meters, and sub 44 seconds in 400 meters. Speaking to us while he's preparing for the 2023 edition of the World Athletics Championship, Fred reveals how he stays motivated, what pushes him to break records, and what the fastest man in the world status means to him and his career. He also takes us through his training and pre-race preparations and highlights his upcoming goals, including being the Olympic champion in 2024. I'm Theo Bruker. Welcome to The Edge, a podcast by Tag Heuer. Fred Kelly, thank you so much for joining me at The Edge. We're very, very happy to have you here. Um, so you're in Chardonnay at the moment. How, how's that been? What's the experience been like? A bit, a bit nice. Nice scenery, nice, nice everything. It's lovely, lovely experience that I had so far. Great. Um, we should talk about running because that's why you're here. Um, how did you get into the sport and what inspired you to pursue a career in running? I think I've been running all my life, but I took um, from football and basketball to run. So from my my very first day days to run, it was very young, and I got to running because everybody else was doing it. But uh, it started out with fo- football first, and then once football happened, I took track and field serious seriously. Is there anything about running that kind of changes your mental state? Do you find it? that you feel freer or that, that it kind of makes life less confusing or is there, is there anything that kind of it does to you? Running is something that in my sport is where you can take from mostly every sport in today's time. And running is just like you're running, you're running for yourself and free, free mind. Yeah. Um, you're one of the fastest men in history and currently, if I'm not mistaken, the world's fastest man. How does that status feel i mean it's an extraordinary thing the, the, the status feel wonderful you know everybody's gunning gunning for you to be the world fastest the fastest man it's only f- for me to keep what i got to do to continue to have that title is that a title you've always wanted to have i think in my time that's the only title that actually matter mm. the world fastest everybody gunning for you the target on your back and you got to just make sure you shake it down and keep on going. So would you not have felt satisfied in your career if you had not achieved that goal? I, f- I feel what you're saying. It probably, that's probably a yes answer because the fastest man is, you get you get everything. Fastest man come with a lot of perks. Hmm. Um, you previously mentioned you want to keep breaking records and especially win the Olympic gold medal. How do you keep motivated and how do you push yourself? First and foremost, you got to have the right people around you from the your agent to your coach to the people at the house. So for uh, you got to have, basically you got to live what you want to live, but at the end of the day, you got to stay disciplined. Once you can stay disciplined with everything around you, it, it's, it's, you got to stay disciplined. Discipline is one of the most important thing of track and field is discipline, staying healthy, making sure you got your, your body right and make sure you get down to business every time you step on the track. 
How do you keep that discipline? Um, is there a state of mind you have to enter? Like, is there someone that you rely on to help you with that? There's no one I rely on. It's just basically stay away from negative people and have a positive mindset around you week in and week out because if you keep a negative mindset, negative thing will happen to you on the track. Mm. So if you had to be quite um, specific then with who you have in, in your team and in your immediate life and if you had to be kind of quite cutthroat about cutting people out. Yeah, I cut plenty of people out since I left school and ever since I moved away from Texas and moved to Arizona, it's just been upward up. And um, me me moving to Arizona is basically bringing new energy to, to my life and basically positive always win the day, no matter wh what part of life I'm in. If you stay positive, positive thing come to you. Absolutely. Um, how do you manage when things don't go the way you expect them to? I try to just calm down, relax and get the ball running and um, just, I know everything is not going to happen overnight. Everything is not given to me. It's just, just me just being patient. Patient is, is, is a go a long way, but sometimes in, in, in track and field, you can't be patient, but at the end of the day, you gotta be patient to actually get where you're trying to go because if everything come overnight, I would already been on top years ago, but I know nothing come overnight and I know I got to be patient in my ability and everything because I want, if I want something right now, I know it's not going to come. It's going to come later on when it's supposed to happen right on time. Does your training look the same or does it differ week to week? Can you walk us through some kind of typical elements of your training? In the fall, it's, it's typically the same all the way until like three weeks before um, competition. Um, in the fall, it's basically like grass, hills, swimming, uh, plyometrics and stuff. And um, once like we start getting to like peak season, it's a lot of stuff on the track. And um, basically just 300s, two, 250s, 200s, 150s, 120s, 180s, 60s, 40s. It's just track season is like, it's everything just going, going faster and faster. But most of the time in the um, while I'm in season, I'm on the grass most of the time to stay healthy. Track is cool, but you can't be on the track 24-7 because the uh, spikes and the track is just like, once you go fast, your your nervous system got to calm down. So the grass and swimming and the hills is basically good for your body too. Mm. Um, who's your biggest inspiration, both in your life and in your career? The biggest inspiration in, in, in my life has got to be my aunt because she she's she came and adopted me and my brothers and sisters while she have her own kids of her own and then after she adopted more kids um we all cousins and them so she got to be the inspiration to keep on going because she she gave me a new life when i was young and i'm in this position that i'm talking to you right now that's an amazing story I guess, I mean, I would love you to talk a little bit more about her if you can. Like, what what was it that she kind of brought to your life and how did that come about? Uh, so my mom was doing, um, she was in and out of the jail system while my dad was in the uh, prison system. So that came about like that. And me and my brothers and sisters was up for adoption. We have 
we always going to be separated. Like all five of my brothers and sisters was going to be separated. We was going to different families. Somebody was already at the like the foster care to come adopt me and my brothers and sisters. So she came in and just Florman just took all us. We all like to this day. I I think that woman because if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't know my brothers and sisters either. So it's just like she came in and got us and we all went underneath one roof instead of separated. And she just motivated me just to keep on going because she brought new life to all us. And not too many people can say they've been in a situation like that where they was going to be separated for their brothers and sisters. So we all came in and basically we all went to uh, college and some of us did sports and just a joy to live, live to know my brothers and sisters. What a fantastic story. And I mean, what an amazing achievement that you've had to kind of overcome that adversity and <laughs> become the fastest man in the world. It's it's incredible. Um, so you previously had experience in the 400 meter races and now are successful in the 100 meter competitions. How does the approach differ from one to the other? I don't, I don't think there's no approach different uh, from one to the other. It's just one is on a straight line and the other one's doing two curves and two straights. It's just, it's just, I think the training and everything is basically the same thing doing phases. One is just quicker than the other. And the 400 is straight out and go all out until you just die out. And the 100 is just until you get to the finish line. Right. So it's just both of them are just go health leather until you yeah. die. To right. Until you die, basically, and then, but to the hundred is more. You gotta get everything right because if you miss a step, somebody coming. The four hundred, you get out too fast, mm. you are gonna die. If you get out too slow, you're mm. not gonna catch nobody that run the same time as you. So both of them got is perks. Right. I mean, would you like to still see yourself competing in the four hundred meters? Competing? Yeah. Like I can go run a few races, but. I like the hundred a little bit better because <laughs> you don't, hey, because you have now on the ground after the hundred, the four hundred. I don't want to talk to nobody. Like it's just like that lactic acid in your legs is just different. Really? Like if you ever experience that, it's just different. You like, like pain. I, I say pain is pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. That makes sense. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the 2022 World Athletics Championships. Um, did your experience at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics change anything about the way you train for competitions? I don't think nothing have ch changed. I tr train for competition because it's, cause I basically did the same thing. God is where you train all, all, all year from say September, October ish all the way into um September. So like so basically track and field is like a year round sport where you take like a, a month off but you right back into the groove of things. So I think everything's still been the same thing. It's just some like you gotta modify some some sessions because you just don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um and specifically how did you prepare for the twenty twenty two World Athletic Championships. Was there anything about your training for that that changed? Nothing changed. It was just that silver medal I got at the Olympics, I wanted to turn it to gold. So it was just balls to walls, just go going after times, going after 
specific stuff in training and just just doing the little things right to get on top. Are there any particular rituals or routines you follow before a race that help you get into that mindset? I, I don't got no rituals or none of that stuff. It's just being calm, being within myself because I know what I'm capable of doing. But the people that, like, I would say commentate or everything else, it just they just don't know. Pressure, 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 pressure. And they don't, they don't understand what I've been to try to get to achieve that, that gold medal. Mm. Did you face any unexpected challenges or surprises during the World Championships? And if so, how did you adapt to them? Well, I actually tore my quad in the semifinal, right? And like, good thing, the final was an hour later. My generals were still running, so that was a good thing. And that was the only challenge of the, the games I experienced I that tore my quad. And um, luckily for me, I had the biggest balls on that day and finished strong. I mean, how how did you manage that with a torn quad? Is that is that not something that should like <laughs> debilitate you? Like that definitely was a, a issue. But at the end of the day, when you believe that what you should achieve and to get the job done, I believe I I should have went to Atlanta and got my the job done on that day, and I, that's what I did. I mean. Did you have to pay for that afterwards with your quad? I mean, did it mean that it was like more difficult to heal? Luckily, it was not difficult to heal. Lucky was it, that was my my final race of the the uh, the year, so my body got the rest, so I was good. <laughs> okay, well that's that's fortunate. Um, can you talk us through the final race which you won? Take us through it from beginning to end. What were you experiencing? What were you hearing? What were you seeing? And how are you feeling? The last race I won was in um, Florence. It was just smooth. I was letting myself lifting, and it, the race felt faster than what the time time showed. It was just I was letting myself did everything right in in the pre pre training. It was just from the blocks I got out and. The drive phase was smooth, and once I started lifting, it was it was my time. Just once I I know I'm in front. Nope, not not too many people gonna catch me. What what goes through your mind before a race like that? What are you thinking? I'm more calm now than I w- would say in the 400. The 100, I just look at people faces that they already defeated. So if I look into your face, I right, defeated. I right, got you. I right, won because. I know I won the race before I even get to the starting line because I see how people they 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 just going to things, just bending over, just talking this stuff, or they get up too much, or they looking at their coaches too much. So I look at how they do and warm up and in their minds, and it's just like I try to see people fear in their face before they get to a line and i love it <laughs> so you look for weakness in your opponents to kind of dominate wow yes hey but i i i see it all the time so that's uh, that's one of my strong points so like me coming for the, the down from the 400 to the 100 they not expect the 400 guy to just come over and dominate the 100 like that because of this person coming down to the hundred, he should just stick to the four. But I dominate the the hundred now, 
and they don't got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever um, looked back at you and been like, I've got, I can see what you're doing? And like, do you know what I mean? I don't think nobody do that, but I'll be seeing people already defeated before they get to the line, though. Wow. Wow. That's extraordinary. Um, and what usually goes through your mind when you're actually racing? It's obviously very, very quick. You know, that's the whole nature of 100 meters. Um, do you have any time to pay attention to your competitors during the race, or is it already done that? The race is already done because not second come like that. So I don't like if you're ever running, you actually don't see your competitor. It's just like it's just like blank your white wall. And then once the race is finished, it's just like, oh, it was a fast race or it was a slow race or you should have ran faster or we should have ran faster. But it's just like most of the time it's white walls and I really don't see my brothers to the left or the right of me. It's just the white wall or I don't even really see the crowd unless I walk out. Once I like after once I start setting my block, it's just like everything just empty around me. Hmm. When you cross that finish line, who what's the first thought that goes through your head? What do you want to know and who do you want to speak to? First and foremost, did I win? All right. I win. The next thing, look at the time. Okay. It's fast time or it's slow time. Um, what's going what my coach gonna say, what could I did better the next time? And then um after that and then basically media and stuff first after I cross the line, right at the finish line, and go through get warm up and then go to talk to the coach or talk to my agent and see see what I can do next time to be even better than I was this time. Mm. So is it is it that feeling of like, even if you've won, you're still trying to push yourself harder? You don't rest. So basically, if I go break the world record today, it's all small things that, oh, you could have did this better. Oh, you messed up on here. You did this wrong. It's all about what can I do to be the best mm. at all given times, on all aspects of my life. What can I do to be the best? Or what can I do to be the like better than I was this time. And the small things add up to the bigger things. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, but then when you know that you have won and in that moment where you suddenly got that like, oh, wow, okay, I've actually done it. What do you feel? Do you feel elation or do you feel like, oh, I'm just going to have to redo it again? Um, like the small race is just an enjoyment, enjoyment because the moment you keep on winning, you keep on winning the target on your back because not too many people can say they just keep on winning, 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 and dominating a win they just still young. And so it's just like, after I win, it's just like the excitement comes, just enjoyment come, and I, I'm loving it. Amazing. Were there any memorable moments from the World Championships besides winning the medal? I think the, my biggest moment was getting the job done and finish the line number one. And not only that, I, um, once I went around the track, because I don't, you know, after the 400, you just stopped there. And after the 100, I went around the whole track, did the silent sir, and like that probably, like 2022 was probably the best world championship I think I've been a part of. 
because it was all it was all home soil. Because it was all home soil, you didn't have to fly twelve plus hour back home. It was like five hour from Oregon to back home, so it was a nice trip to be home and not have to feel big time jet lag and stuff like that. Do you think that aspect helps? Like being closer to home, does that actually have a material impact on your racing? Definitely, because you don't got to travel that much. You don't got to to your body don't got to recover from a lot of stuff. You're just going going up the road, and it's it's a good on the body not to travel like that before a big time championship. Mm. How did the win at the World Championships impact your career? Would you say it gave me new life? It gave me new motivation. It, it gave me a lot of more stuff that I can do, and the, and I know what I got to do to keep on going and, and stay on top. Mm. Do you have any other short or long term goals besides winning the Olympics? My short term goals right now is defend my title this year, and and get to the Olympic Games and mm-hmm. win the title, and then finish then and keep on basically just keep, keep on winning and after the gold medals I, I i want to actually break the world records and if i can do that that's a that's a lifetime achievement for me for sure um i'm hopeful that there'll be young athletes listening to this feeling feeling inspired um what advice would you give to any other young athletes who are starting out now first and first most is belief in the people around you Believe in your ability because it's going to be naysayer that said you can't do this or, oh, you're not like this person or you do not like this person. Just keep on believing in, in, in yourself and keep on believing in your ability because you only know what you are capable of doing. Yeah, well, that's wise words. Um, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Fred. It's been really wonderful speaking to you and I'm very excited to see what you achieve over the coming years. Um, fastest man in the world. Thank you so much for joining us at The Edge really appreciate it thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the edge if you'd like to listen to more episodes like this one have a listen to our interviews with athletes sydney mclaughlin and sky brown if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe and leave us five stars it does make a difference Thank you so much to Fred Curley for joining us. I'm your host, Theo van den Bruecke, and I'll be back next month with another episode of The Edge, a podcast by Tag Heuer. See you soon.